Good morning. Would you stand with me? Welcome to church this morning, whether you're live or in online. Hello, my name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we have met every single day of your life. I'm the whisper inside that won't let you forget. Hello, my name is D.P. I know you recognize me just when you think you can win. I'll drag you right back down again so you've lost all belief. These are the voices. These are the Your 
God, all we have, we love you, Jesus. It's yours because you are great and you are mighty. And so we celebrate you today. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps Self in light, in darkness, trials of high, trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? And all will see how great. Yeah. 
into a position where you feel comfortable you know sometimes you wonder what do you pray for and um, I felt as I was in the middle of playing God reminded me he said my name is enough the name of Jesus is enough and so if you would close your eyes and um, I want you to think of the things that you have on your mind these days. Some of you guys, it could be a promotion at work. It could be, uh, you know, family coming into town, whatever it may be. It could be some bad news as well. It could be anxiety, the stress of the world is, you know, and the pandemic is having on everybody lately. And I'm reminded that the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus is enough. And so if we can, for just a moment, if we could take this time to just plead the blood of Jesus over the things that might be consuming our mind. Um, again, it might even be something good. But sometimes we don't even know what to say. And sometimes it's just Jesus that is enough. So if, if, if we can, just take a moment. And let's plead the blood of Jesus over our lives, over this church, over our family, over the things that are on our mind. Jesus. Jesus.
Jesus, Jesus. Over this church, Jesus. Over this morning, Jesus. Over our hearts, Jesus. Over our lives, Jesus. Over our plans, Jesus. Over our finances, Jesus. Over our troubles, Jesus. There's power in your name. Jesus. The enemies have to run when they hear that name. Jesus. 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 And it's in that name that we pray. Amen. So, Ms. Janice, I'm going to turn this mic on and hand it to you. So just put it right up by your chin. Good morning. Uh, I hope everybody's okay today. Uh, I had a very, very exciting week. Uh, My sister and I were sitting on the porch on the day that she had to go for her liver uh, biopsy. 
to be t- done while mom we were waiting while she was waiting for her ride and before she left I prayed over her and asked God to please help her through the day and uh, uh, and the hopes everything was going to be okay so when I came home from my outing and <clears throat> she gave me some very good news she said that they didn't have to go in and do the biopsy. So I got up and I said, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. He really does wonderful things. And I said, thank you, Lord. I love you, I love you, I love you. So that's the story I had to give. Amen, people. You see how God works in mysterious ways. Amen. Yeah, praise God. Yeah. For those of you that don't know everything, thank you, Miss Janice. Um, her, her sister has been struggling with a lot of health issues, and every time they go in, they say, we think this is wrong, so we're going to do the next step. We think, oh, now we think this is wrong, we're going to do the next thing. And so for them to say, we don't even need to do this, we, we think everything's good right now, is, is an answer to prayer because they didn't even need to do the test that they thought they needed to do because of the problem that they thought was there that is no longer there. Did you follow that? <laughs> if you didn't, let me put it simply, we believe in a God who still performs miracles. Amen. Sometimes it's physically, sometimes it's emotionally, sometimes it's mentally. All the time, if we are willing, it's spiritually. We believe in a God that can heal us and make us whole. Amen? Amen. So, if you have a miracle that you want to talk about and you want to share with people, come see me or, or one of the other pastors and we would love to talk you through maybe sharing your story with people. Alright? Thanks. We're reminded uh, that we're not alone, you know, that God's not moving in just our lives. He's moving in, uh, in everyone's life. And I'm, at this time that we come in the service where we've passed the peace with one another has never been so real to me as uh, the youth group and myself have been going through a series of Squad Up Better Together. And we're going through the book of Ephesians and we're learning about what Jesus really intended for the church. And I've come up with this saying, you know how you always hear everybody say, the church is not the building, the church is... The people. Well, I take it a step further after going through the book of Ephesians with the youth group over this series. The church is not the building. It is not just the people. But the church is the people coming together for one another for the purpose to serve Jesus Christ. And so that is what we do here at Port Orange Church of Nazarene. So I want to encourage you guys as we come to this time of passing the peace with one another. Uh, God did not intend for us to have division. In, in Ephesians chapter 2, if you want to go ahead and read it, you know, if you, uh, for this week, for some homework, God talks about how he, came to de- how he came to destroy the walls that we built amongst one another. That there is no more Jew, there is no more Gentile, uh, there's no more black, there's no more white, there's no more rich, there's no more poor. But every single one of us are equal, are equally his and equally loved by him. And he wants us all to know that he came to break down the walls between us. And so that's why we practice that time. And so may we truly... Be honored and eager to serve a God uh, that wants peace amongst us. And so that's why we practice this. May I be the first to tell you this morning. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Go and pass that peace to one another. Thank you.
Well, good morning, everybody. I'm, I'm Jason. If I haven't met, I think I, I know most of you. I can't see you anyway from up here. How many of you were hoping during testimony time that it would become like sometimes when I was a kid and it would just be testimony after testimony and then you'd never have to have the pastor preach? That was my, I love Garen's preaching, but that was my prayer when I was just like, yes, we're getting out early and no, anyway, sorry, Garen. I want to thank everybody who came out and shoveled molds yesterday. Uh, that was a fun time, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it is, um, there was a, a saying that we, uh, that was very uh, prominent in Haiti, and, and I heard it actually here yesterday, but many hands make up for a light load, or something, you'll know something along those lines. It went extremely quickly. I think it was just over an hour. Uh, the biggest pile of mulch I've ever seen was put into the playground, so thank you for that. This Wednesday, oh, here's some pictures. Look at that guy. Look at, those, look at those veins and those ripped muscles. We have a back-to-school barbecue. Do you all see a barbecue down here? When I lived up, my wife's from Michigan, and I would say, barbecue, said, no, we call it a grill. No, I call it a barbecue. Uh, so we have a back-to-school bash barbecue on Wednesday. starts at 5 o'clock here. If you want to help out in any capacity, be here at 4.30. Um, it is going to be a great time. I mean, who doesn't like grilled food, right? And you know, some of you may be vegetarians. Bring some soy along. We'll throw it on the grill. It's going to be a good time. Uh, one last thing is, if you are interested in being baptized, uh, see one of us here, me, myself, Justin, Garen, uh, I don't know, whoever, Drew, Drew, tell you about But I, can, I, can I add a little, I'd like to add many sermons. Is that okay? I had a really interesting thing happen this week that I think goes right along with talking about baptism and just being a Christian in general. So I, uh, I got a part-time gig. My, my, wife, my wife still laughs at this. Part-time gig at Daytona International Speedway giving tours. So, yes, I am the guy on the, on the tram saying, well, over here we've got the scary clowns that we can. Anyway, you know, all that kind of stuff that we say. And, but I get to see some interesting events. So earlier this week... There were some motorcycles out there testing on the road course. I was not a very good uh, employee that day as I just wanted to be out there watching the action. Now, how many of you at least, if you're not a motorcycle rider, at least rode a, a mini bike as a kid, something like that? You know the exhilarating feel of ripping around on something. I know we've got some riders in here. Well, something very interesting happened this week. They were testing fully electric motorcycles. Now, I thought, oh, this is going to be super cool. It was possibly the most boring thing I'd ever witnessed in my entire life. And I realized, hopefully this isn't too much of a stretch, I realized it was a lot like being a Christian. Riding a motorcycle is fabulous. Fabulous for yourself, right? You love it. Or insert whatever thing you like in there. It is really great. And when you're watching someone ride a motorcycle... That's why sometimes the, the big stadiums fill up to watch all these things ripping and roaring and doing all this stuff. And I realized that a Christian that is silent becomes almost as, I don't want to say useless, but uh, missing a big, big, great bit of fun opportunity just like a silent motorcycle. It might be great for the person that possesses, possesses that faith relationship. Great for them. 
It's probably great to ride an electric motorcycle, but when it is not heard by those on the outside, when it is not witnessed in some exhilarating form by those on the outside, you can have it. i got better stuff to do. Riding a, a bike is a lot of fun. Watching them. Now, you guys, you're around bike week. It's, it probably is almost annoying. When was the last time there were so many Christians living life out loud that it was annoying? I don't remember that. Why don't we try to err on the wrong side once in a while? And baptism is like that to me. Having that faith is great. And there are a lot of elements of baptism that are still mysterious to me. But when we were just weeks ago at the beach, people were being baptized. How many non-believers were out there saying, what are those weirdos doing out there? This is something I've got to start to think about because I'm witnessing something that I'm not used to witnessing. And so, uh, you know, in the Bible, uh, Jesus will say something like, well, you've heard it is, this is said, but, you know, the kingdom of heaven is, well, I don't want to say that our faith walk is like electric motorcycles, but it can be sometimes if we're silent and the outside world just has no chance to enjoy the faith that we're living out loud. All right, well, let me hand this over to Jim. I'll quit ramble, rambling here. But um, just I want you every day to look and see that there are real-life examples of how Jesus is speaking through the little things that we love. All right. Join with us on our prayer with me on our prayer for understanding. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. All right. That's I hadn't practiced this without having two hands, so let me get my iPad unlocked and stood up. Okay. Today we're going to be reading from 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, and uh, verses 15 through 17. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's Word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know we are living in Him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. And now to verse 15 through 17. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a cr-
craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who lives, anybody who does what pleases God will live forever. And now we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. How are y'all doing? Who said that? Nice. So there's a game that, uh, I don't know, maybe you've played it. Have you heard of it? It's, it's um, Two Truths and a Lie. You know what I'm talking about? It's where somebody says two truths and a lie, thus the name, and your job is to figure out which one is the lie. You want to play? All right, I'm going to give you three statements, and you need to figure out which one is the lie. Statement number one, I've never been out of this country. Statement two, I have never been hunting. Statement three, I have never been to the Olympics. And by that I mean, like, not participated, like I haven't been to. I know. <laughs> I am the U.S. curling team waiting to, waiting to happen. Never been out of the country. Never been hunting. Never been to the Olympics. Now, if you're online, type it in. Which one do you think it is? Hunting, country, or Olympics? And if you're here, what do you think? What do you think I've never done? So I heard Olympics. I heard everyone thinks I've been out of the country. You you think it's that one? Mission trip. Mission. Oh, mission trip. That's true. I have never been hunting. I have never. Now now, just to be fair, I, I've shot guns at ranges. I um, I have. Um, well, in college, I took an archery class. It was a lot of fun. It was right. It was in the 90s when the movie Robin Hood with Kevin Costner was out. And and so we did a lot of like goofy stuff that he did. 
But I've never been hunting. Never gotten up at two in the morning or whatever it is and put on my camouflage and put on, is it, do they put on like deer urine or something to mask their scent? Is there a hunter in the house? Is that what you do? Not if you're hunting with Jim. <laughs> I've never sat in a perch. But while I was uh, thinking about this, I started thinking about traps. And, and um, I, I thought I'd make for you a little makeshift trap that, uh, that I saw. So you need, you need a couple of things. Now, you could do this with less things if you want to sit there all day and wait with a string or something, but I don't want to do that. So, so what you do is you have these, these pieces of wood. Watch me not be able to do it. And you have them just kind of... See how long we can go before it collapses. I'm going to be like this all service. This is a genius trap. If you're the trapper. This is a terrifying thing. If you're the one that gets caught in the trap. So there's this guy in the Old Testament, his name is David, and he's, he was king of Israel for a, a long time. And, and he had this to say in one of the Psalms that he wrote. Psalm 19 says this, How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I'll be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now, if you don't know a lot of David's story, let me just catch you up to speed. We have this guy who was pronounced king. And he was considered to be a man after God's own heart. I mean, that's pretty huge. There aren't a lot of people in Scripture that that title is given to them. And he was a great king in Israel. He did a lot of great things. But there's this one time, and it's found in 2 Samuel chapter 11, where the, the chapter begins like this. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go to war. See, back then there was this kind of, you know, there were certain times when you expanded your kingdom and certain times when you didn't. And in the spring, this was normally when a king would go out and expand his territory and make sure that everything's in control. And for some reason, that year, David didn't do it. He sent his men and stayed behind. I don't know why he didn't go, but he didn't. But this just happens to be the time that Scripture talks about David being up on his rooftop in his palace. And he happens, because he's home and not away, to look over and see a woman. Her name was Bathsheba. And he sees her bathing. And he doesn't look away. And then he goes to some of his people and says, who's that woman? 
And they say, oh, that's Bathsheba. She's the wife of Uriah, one of your most beloved soldiers. And just to uh, condense the story, David sleeps with a married woman. Then he finds out that she's pregnant, and to cover up his sin, he sends Uriah into the front battle line and says, be sure this man doesn't make it home. All because he was where he shouldn't have been. He was looking at things he shouldn't have been looking at. He was obsessing or thinking about things that he shouldn't have, and he was acting on those things that he felt and those things that he saw in a way that he never should have. Welcome to church. Aren't you glad you came? So we're in this series called the Sermon on the Mount. And we're in this sticky section that is called by a lot of people the six antitheses of Jesus. These six statements that Jesus says, this is the way you've always thought. Let me tell you what I really meant. Remember last week we talked about how many times in Scripture um, we hear these rules or we hear these laws and then Jesus comes along in the Sermon on the Mount and says, that's what you heard, but that's not what I meant. And last week we talked about uh, murder, and we talked about how how it goes much more than murder. And we talked about how Jesus told us, you need to be righteous. Your righteousness needs to exceed that of the scribes. And when you are righteous, what that means is you are someone who is as they ought to be. You're correct in your thinking and in your feeling and in your acting. That is a righteous person. And then he says, so... Don't murder. And it's not even enough not to murder. Don't be angry because murder is the end result of anger. So let's nip it in the bud and get it taken care of before it ever gets that far. Because love is not hostile. Anything that you do that is not done in love is not what I want. And it will lead you down the wrong course. Because love is not hostile. So if you have anger, root it out like a weed. Because if you aren't careful, it will take over your whole garden. And then this week we get to the second statement. And this one is big because it's Jesus talking about a commandment. One of the ten commandments. Now there are over 600 laws and rules and regulations, but you know, there are ten that Moses brought down from the mountain after talking with God. And those were kind of seen as next level things. And this is Jesus talking about one of those. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 30. It's going to be on your screen. And if you'll read along with me and follow along, Jesus says this. You've heard the commandment that says, now, just as a reminder... And Jason even alluded it to, to it a little bit. There are times when Jesus says, you have heard, and there are times when Jesus says, it is written. And usually, I don't want to say always, but usually when Jesus says, you have heard, he's saying, you've taken a law and you have misunderstood what I meant. Whereas when he says, it is written, 
that's pretty much Jesus saying, let me tell you the way it is. So Jesus says, you've heard the command that says. So you've taken an idea and you've taken a point, but you haven't quite gotten to the heart of what I want you to get at. And so let's talk about it. You've heard you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand or your right hand, causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Jesus, I pray that I will give an accurate representation of what you want us to hear today through these words. Amen. Now this is another one of those those passages that's somewhat easy to skip over. Justin was laughing at me last week because I said, okay, let's move on. I haven't murdered this week. And he said, he looked at his wife and said, this week? <laughs> when have you murdered? What's the, and no. But this is another easy one to go, okay, I haven't committed adultery. Let's move on. But Jesus wants to pull back even further. Jesus wants us to use what a lot of theologians would call creative imagination because, yes, Jesus is saying adultery is wrong, but if you narrow the scope to only that one act, you miss the point that God was trying to make all the way back in Exodus, and you miss the point that Jesus is trying to make even here. Just like murder, don't murder, has less to do with murder, and it has more to do with anger. Let's get at the root of the problem Love isn't hostile. And so if you act in a way that's hostile, you are not going to end well. In the same way, Jesus says, let's get at the root of the issue. At the root of the issue for this command, don't commit adultery, is this. Love is not selfish. Love isn't selfish. It's so much more than adultery. Any thought that you have that leads you away from the love of God is nothing more than a trap that will eventually get you. Jesus is saying, beware of the trappings. Beware of the things that the world will try to snare you. Be careful that you don't walk into them willingly. Guard your hearts. Guard your minds. If you don't, you will spin out of control and you will end up participating in this prison that you make for yourself through your sin. I was reading this past week and one of the commentaries said this is much less about a sexual act and this is more about somebody saying, I know better than God. And what God has for me isn't enough. I think I can do better. Which goes to adultery. 
but it could also just as easily be our finances or that job promotion or our family or that new car or or jealousy over someone's looks or what they have wondering if the grass is always greener this passage comes down to not trusting what God has given us and this this is not a new thing Jim read in 1 John 2 um, about the lust of flesh, the lust of eyes, and the pride of life. It looked good. I desired it. I acted upon it. This is not a new thing. If you go to Genesis chapter 3, you see those are the three steps that Adam and Eve fell into. The Bible says, when she saw the fruit... Lust of the flesh. And she desired it. I want that. And the pride of life. And she said, I can be wise on my own. I don't need to trust God for what God has given me. You see, these are the same snares that we will time and time again fall into if we are not careful, if we don't understand that love is not selfish, if we don't relinquish our rights and surrender to God and trust Him for everything, we are in danger of setting a trap that we will not survive. So Jesus gives two examples. If your eye, if your eye offends you, poke it out. Better to enter into heaven with one eye than not to enter in at all. And if your hand offends you, cut it off. Better to enter into heaven with only with one hand missing than to have everything in hell. And what Jesus is stressing with the eye and the hand is this intent and action. This intent, I see it, I want it. This action, I act upon it. I see something and I immediately have a choice. Will I guard my heart? Will I guard my mind? Or will I allow those thoughts to take root? And allow thinking to become feelings, which become obsessions, which ultimately will lead to action. Or will I turn away and will I run, trusting that God has everything I need and has given me exactly what I'm supposed to have? Jesus isn't saying, maim yourself. Jesus is using creative imagination to help us understand that our intent and our actions can have serious and eternal consequences. And if we're not careful, we'll simply justify them. Oh, it's just a little white lie. Oh, it, it's just coffee with a co-worker. Oh, it, it's... It's just the natural thing to want more money and to strive harder. It's it's just, you know, it's just that coworker. We just we just flirt. It's harmless. I've got it under control. I'm fine. Can I warn you now? You don't, and it's not. You may think you have it under control. 
until it catches you. So let me teach you a Greek word. I love teaching you Greek and, and Hebrew words, and I know you hate it, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's the word scandalizo. Everybody say scandalizo. Awesome. Type it in if you're online. Scandalizo. It's typed just like it sounds. Now, can you guess what English word we may get from the word scandalizo? Hey, scandal, scandalous. That's exactly right. The word scandal means something that's legally or morally wrong. It's a scandal. That's the word that Jesus uses when he says, so if your eye, even your good eye, scandalizo, if your eye, if your thoughts, even if your thoughts cause you to lust, Scandalizo. If your thoughts are scandalous, stop thinking about them. It's better to stop thinking about them than to continue to think about them and obsess and end up going down a road you shouldn't go down. And then he uses the word again. And if your hand, even your right hand, scandalizo, if you're right, if what you are doing is an action that is going to get you in trouble, stop. Thank God that it hasn't gotten you yet and run as fast as you can. Confess to God and change. Run from it. Don't let anything get a foothold in your life. So this trap, I'm amazed it hasn't fallen so far. Have half of you been watching this more than me, wondering when's it going to... Can I teach you something interesting about a trap? So you got the basket and you got the stick... In Latin, 2,000 years ago, I'm assuming it would still be the same since language is language. Do you know what that stick is called? That trigger? It's called a scandalon. It's the movable stick that triggers the trap. If you're living a life and you're setting yourself up for a trap, run. Don't go near the scandal on because you will not survive. Don't mess with it. I watched a lot of videos this week about birds and, and squirrels and they go all around it. They go in and out and in and out and they think they're fine until they go for the treat. That's on the scandal on. And immediately, game over. Trap is a wonderful thing if you're the trapper. It's a terrific thing, horrible, if you're the one in the trap. Don't allow yourselves to get this way. Jesus is being clear. It's more than just the end result. Anything in your life that will trip you up is a scandal on. Anything that will ensnare you and trap you is a scandal on you need to run from. Don't flirt with danger. You will lose. So what's your scandal on? 
I mean, chances are that most of us aren't committing adultery this week in the way that we typically think of adultery. However, if adultery is a violation between two vowels, and if you've asked Jesus into your heart and you've made this lifelong commitment to him, anything you are doing that is not in alignment with his will is adultery. Because you are not living into these covenant vows that you made with God when you said, I love you, I ask for your forgiveness, and I want to live my life for you. So what's your scandal on? What's in your life that you're playing around with that's going to get you in trouble if you're not careful? Can I just encourage you? Run. Run like the wind. Talk to someone. Get help. Ask for forgiveness and ask God to help you avoid these things that will trap you and destroy your life. It's, I'll just tell you, I've seen it happen this week. In a real and devastating way. And there are people's lives who will forever be fractured because of a scandal on that was tripped this week in someone's life. Y'all, Jesus has so much more for us. And if we would just get past this idea that I should get whatever I want and I see this in front of me and it looks good. And so who am I hurting? And if we would trust, just trust God that God has given us exactly what we need, exactly what we're supposed to have. And we don't need to look anywhere else to be completely fulfilled in him. We can avoid being trapped in our own devices. This is what's crazy. The evil one usually is not the one that gets you. The evil one is the one that gives you the tools and watches as you set up your own trap and then trigger it. But God is faithful. That's the good news. What Jim read in 1 Corinthians 10.13, No temptation has overtaken you except what's common to man, humanity. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you could bear. That's a promise. But when you are tempted, I love this, Scripture says, He will also provide a way up so that you can stand up under it and not be trapped and get out. It's time to pray and ask for forgiveness and ask God to dismantle any kind of trappings in your life and then run from them and live a life that honors God with everything you have from the very root. Don't wait for it to catch you Love is not hostile. And love is not selfish. Love is peaceful. Like a blessed peacemaker. Love is not selfish. Love is pure. Like purity in the heart. Are you starting to see the connections with the Beatitudes? Would you close your eyes? Bow your heads with me.
chances are some of you have thought about things in your life that have tripped you up. Or you've thought about that scandal on in your life that you have just flirted with and you've said time and time again, I won't get caught. Or you've messed with the scandal on enough and every time it's like, God, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. And then you walk right back into the same trap. You're not alone. I deal with it too. We each have our own trigger for the trap. The question is, will we run from it and run to God? Or will we just continue to play church and think we've got it all under control? Can I encourage you today? To surrender and run. Run into the arms of this Jesus that loves you so much that he will help you. Jesus, if I'm honest with you, I don't like a lot of your words. They're a bit harsh. But if I get past my uh, insecurities and my feelings of conviction, I understand that the words that you have are to bring me life. And if I'll just get out of my own traps and run into your arms, you are not the God that places us in trappings. You are the God that provides ways out of the traps. Jesus, will you give us courage? Will you give us courage to trust that what you have for us is more than enough? Will you give us courage to turn and run from those situations, those people, those circumstances, whatever it is that we're flirting around with, whatever it is that we're saying, I am willing to do this if it will get me what I want. God, first I pray that you'll forgive us. And then I pray that you will help us to run to you. I thank you that you are a God that is the answer to our every need. And you are more than enough. And I pray that you will help us to live into your fullness this week. Where there are trippings and traps and scandalons, God, I pray that you will forgive. I pray even now people will be asking you for forgiveness. God, I pray for courage to go beyond that step because there are many of us that need an accountability partner to keep us from assembling another trap. I pray that you'll help us to find people that we can trust to keep confidences, but that will love us enough to hold us accountable. Because that's the way that we grow stronger. We grow stronger through trusting you and through trusting godly people that can help us on our journey and disciple us and help us grow more into your image. And so, Jesus, that's what I pray for. That you'll forgive us and that you'll help us to take the next step beyond just asking for forgiveness, but actually seeking transformation. And that happens through accountability and through discipleship. Jesus, make us courageous enough 
to take that step. I pray this in your name. In the only name that is strong enough to help us do this. The name of Jesus. Jesus, there really is something about that name. We pray this in your name. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. As we celebrate together the, the, the Lord's sacrifice for us, if you need some of these, as I call them with the kids, Jesus snacks, uh, we'll get you some. I don't know what your beliefs are about the, the juice, the bread. Um, I've been in places where they, they felt it was truly magical. There was a transformation just by taking it in. I myself, I'm not quite there. As I know that my sin was caused by my selfishness. And uh, by, by downing this, I'm just going to not have a magic eraser. But there's something much more powerful than that to me. And so I want you to, I want you to take this. So we, uh, it's always a little tricky. So this first element, we call the bread. Jesus said, I love you so much, no matter what type of scandalizo there has been that has caught you, your own makings, I love you so much that I am going to have my bones broken for you. That is some serious love, right? So please, eat with me as we remember his loving sacrifice. And, and here's a hard one. I want you to, as he was as he was preaching, I know that many of us were thinking about, oh yeah, here's some here's some scandal in my own life that you may have thought. But here's an even easier one for many of us. I want you to think about the worst thing that somebody else you know has done. That's always easier to find, right? The biggest sin in somebody else that you know. Think about that horrible sin as you were thinking about how someone else has lived. And Jesus came with his disciples and he said, I love you all so much that that biggest sin you're imagining, it's always easier to imagine someone else. I freely am going to have my blood shed. A living sacrifice so that no longer do you have to deal with that sin, with that pain. You can freely hand it over. So drink with me as we remember as he freely shed his blood, that we might have forgiveness of the greatest of scandals. Drink with me. Let's pray together quickly. Father, I just want to thank you for your love. Your love that does not make sense. Your love that is so much unlike my own love pray that I and us together, we may learn to love more like you do. To forgive the greatest of sins. To love unconditionally. And to know that you accept us just as soon as we say, Lord, I want to be with you. We are forgiven. 
and when you were with us the rest of our days. We love you, Father. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Will you stand with me? Goodness, it's been great to be with you today. Online, in person, it's just been great. Will you sing with me our benediction? Sing with me. We sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. And now go this week and let me flip the script. May the scandalous love of Jesus trap you in his mercy and grace. And may you surrender only to that. Go in peace. We'll see you next week.